of the Green Bibles. I guess where our Bibles are front-loaded today. They're all in the front of the sanctuary. Sorry about that. So I see some people looking in the back. Will you join me in prayer? Lord, as we've just sung, we know that uh, all of our experiences, uh, including our sufferings, will be sung as victory songs of you, our King of grace. And so as we hear you talk about how it is that we are waiting for your final second coming, your final coming, while recognizing that you continue to come into this world through your Holy Spirit. We pray that you guide us in our listening so that we may hear a word of comfort, so that we may hear your word of hope, so that we may know what it is that we believe, so that we may have an idea of what it is you are calling us to do and that our faith will grow from the hope that is found in you, Jesus. Amen. So the thing, the first thing I want to say as we look at this story from Christ, these words of Christ, about what is to come, is that we cannot listen uh, literally to what Jesus says. We have to listen to the meaning and where he is leading us with his words. One of the dangers of the church today is that we follow Scripture so literally that we miss what Jesus is actually calling us to. And when we only read one little passage at a time, we're not thinking about all the other passages around it. So, for instance, in Luke chapter 21, the story begins with the widow who gives that offering. uh, And Jesus says that she is given more than anyone has given. She is given the most of the kingdom of God. And then the very next thing is, he, he notices that some of the people who are there with him are talking about all the gifts and all of the, the jewels and the, the fanciness that are in the temple that have been given as offerings. So they've kind of missed the point of what Jesus is trying to teach them about what the, the widow has offered. And so he says to them, you know, this is all going away. The temple is going to be destroyed. And they want to know when. When will we know that that's what's happening, Right? And so Jesus goes on to tell them about all of the things that are going to happen. And he, he says it in such a way that shows that it's not chronological. If you go read on your own, Luke 21, he promises them, for instance, that there's going to be persecution and that some of them are not going to live to see these things that he's promising. And we hear in our text today that he says, a whole, this, this generation will not pass. And so we can't take that as literal, right? Because he's just said some people are going to die. And then he tells those same people that no one's going to die before they see this happening. Do you see what I'm saying about this literalness? We can't listen just literally. We have to listen to where Jesus is trying to lead us to understanding. So as we listen today, uh, do not be afraid for the kingdom of God is at hand. Luke chapter 21, verse 25 to 30-something. So there will be signs in the sun, the moon and the stars, and, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. 
People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is, about what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. So do not be afraid, for your redemption is drawing near, and the kingdom of God is near. As we go through this passage, I think that what Jesus is trying to lead us to is to understand the feelings of our waiting. Not just our feelings, but all of the feelings that are happening around us in this world as we continue to wait God. So let's purposely feel our way through these verses. Starting at the beginning with this picture of distress among the nations, of people being confused by the roaring sea and waves. Do you feel the stirred upness of that? When you think about the, the context in which we live our world, I mean, just a few weeks ago, we, we remembered Remembrance Day. And do you remember that stat I shared with you? That since 1900, there's only been 26 days where there has been peace. Not counting conflicts within nations and not counting police action. We are a world at war with itself. People against people, nation against nation. Safety becomes so important to us, and yet it seems to elude so many of us. Distress among nations, confusions, the sense of panic that we have when we don't have that sense of control and in our lives, in the world. And remember, the sea is this biblical symbol for the Hebrew people, for the Jewish people, of chaos, And so, yes, chaos makes us feel confused and panicked about what it is we are supposed to do. 
And don't we feel that? When we look at all of the challenges and all of this war and all of this pain and all of this suffering in the world, like what is it that I can do to feel that paralyzingness of not having anything that you feel like you can substantially do to make these problems go away? Do you think that that's a problem in the way we feel about the world today? These are huge things, Jesus says, that are part of what is going to happen while we wait for his return. And people, people will faint from fear and foreboding about what is coming. People will not know how to look for what is coming. People will suffer because of what is happening And already, things that do not belong to the way of Christ will meet their end. That is the word of promise that we hear Jesus giving to us when he describes this fainting and this fearing and this foreboding because these are the things that do not belong to the kingdom that is here. That's the kingdom that is coming. The kingdom that will be established for all time and place. And so yes, there is rightfully those who fear the coming of the Lord because it will require that they either join in the morning in repentance or lose it all. When I think about this picture that we're given from Jesus, I think about those scenes that we see on the news after a natural disaster has happened where people are devastated, where they don't know what they're going to do to rebuild among the ash heaps, just thinking of the fires in my home state, among the rubble of earthquakes that happen around the world, that intense feeling of this is all I know at this moment. And yet... Those who are not panicked, those who are not confused, those who are not fainting and worried about what is to come are those who have done what Jesus describes here, those who are standing with their heads raised up, those who are looking for the kingdom of God in their midst, those who believe and trust that the redemption of God has drawn near to the world. And redemption, not in the sense of our sins being forgiven, but in the sense of ourselves being freed from this world of its brokenness. The sense of redemption as though you have been bought out of slavery and given freedom to live as a free person, no longer at the beck and call of the chaos, but now as one who is freed by Jesus Christ. That's everything that's caught up in that word, redemption, drawing near. And so the people who are standing with their heads raised and looking for the kingdom of God around them, know the hope 
of his coming and trust that even though he will come again for a final time, as we talked about last week, Jesus is continuously coming to this world as the one who is and who was and who is to come. The one who is coming to this world to continue to do the will of our Father, which is the good of his people. And so in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the panic, in the midst of the suffering and the pain, we lift up our heads to see Jesus in our midst. Do you remember that call from Hebrews? Do you see how scripture just keeps feeding us with these messages of hope? I'm reminded of Mr. Rogers' famous story. He talks about how when kids are picking up that there are things that are wrong in the world, that bad things are happening, that they see it on the news, they see it in their parents' emotions and reactions. And he tells the story about what his mom told, to, told him as a child. That in the midst of those places, look up. Look for the helpers. It's the same calling that Jesus gives to us to look up and look for the kingdom of God in our midst. And to have hope and faith that these words are true and reliable. But Jesus says that my words will stand even though everything else seems to pass away. And in fact, he gives us a feeling to give us a sign from this word world to go with it. He tells them this parable about the fig tree. And he says, just as when you see the fig tree bloom, just as you see the leaves come on and you know that summer is near. This is what it is like to believe and to hope and to know that the kingdom of God is near and will be coming. Every time you see that fig tree, now we have a beautiful sunny day today, but earlier this week it was pouring rain all day. And darkness came at what time? And darkness only comes earlier and earlier. We are at the right time of year to be thinking about this image, I think. Because this is the time where we start to hope that this is not the season that will last forever. So think with me for a minute. We've done the thinking about the hard times. Now think with me for a minute about what you feel when the first signs of spring show up. The excitement, the relief, the woo, joy. That is the feeling of knowing that the kingdom of God is coming. This is the way that we look around us to see the signs of God at work in the world, that he has given us in the natural order of things these same promises and symbols to remind ourselves. So just as we see that beautiful sign of the changing of the seasons we trust and know. We trust and we know that God is coming, that Jesus will return, and that through his Holy Spirit, Jesus is continuously coming to this world. 
So as we wait for that coming, we trust and believe that our redemption is already drawn near. As we wait for that coming, we trust and believe that the kingdom of God is already present. And we look up, and when we stand, we're ready to do something about it. When we're in a position of standing, we're ready to join with the helpers of those who are heralding and pronouncing the kingdom of God. And then Jesus says, be on your guard so that your hearts are not weighed down. And he says, dissipation, drunkenness, and the worries of this life. Dissipation is the state of being perpetually and continuously drunk. And we know that that act is a state of trying to numb yourself, isn't it? A state of trying to shut yourself off from whatever pains and hurts and worries of this world you have. So it's just another degree of these two other pictures that Jesus describes. And so even though drunkenness may not be an issue for most of us, the worries of this life and what they lead us to do truly are. And this picture that Jesus gives us of what it feels like to be weighed down is the feeling of being unable to look up. And so all of these things that weigh us down are the same things that are keeping us from being able to raise our heads and look up. All of these ways that we numb ourselves to these things, these panics, these confusions, these distresses are the things that keep us from being able to raise our heads. What are our generation's challenges and temptations to numb ourselves to these things? I I think that we would answer differently given who we are. But what are the things that keep you from that simple task of raising up your head and looking for the kingdom of God in your midst? The worries of this life are myriad. The worries of this life usually come from very good places in us. Out of deep love for people, out of deep care for the world and its future, out of wanting someone's health and well-being. And yet, these things can become our God. Just as the things that we do to numb ourselves from those worries can become our God. And yet Jesus says, stand up, raise your heads. Pray, he says. Pray that you will have the strength to stand. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you that strength to stand, to see God in your midst. Cornelius Plantingham says that we work towards what we hope. 
right? Like if you're going for a job that you hope you get, you're going to do the things, if you really want it, you're going to do the things that will make you the best candidate for that job. And if we are hoping towards the coming of Jesus, we will work in this world towards that truth. We will be people who are based not in fear and panic and confusion, but people who will have purpose, the purposes of the kingdom of God. As we wait, it is an active waiting. And if we are weighed down with all of these other things, whatever that is for you, then you're not really hoping for the coming of Christ. But what if you could turn it with your worries? What if you could turn it and look for how Christ has already come in the place of your worry? What if you could pray for Christ to come to the place of your worry? What if you could stand up and do something about the thing you worry about that is in line with the kingdom and its values? Because otherwise, the option is to continue to be ruled by the things that Christ is offering you redemption from. To be weighed down So that when that gift and that invitation to freedom comes, that's what feels like the trap. That's what Jesus says. When we're weighed down and focused on things that are not from him, freedom looks too scary to take. They have a term for this. It's called Stockholm Syndrome. Where when somebody who's been abducted becomes attached for their own survival's sake to their abductor and therefore cannot seek freedom when there's opportunity to take it. Because we do lots of things to try to survive in chaos. We do lots of things to just try to make it in this world of suffering and pain. And we do those things, and we become more and more weighed down by them. More and more hunched over. And what Jesus is saying is to raise our heads and look for him. Simple as that. Truly as simple as that. And then to wait. And maybe ask a friend, to sit and wait with you so that they can tell you what they see in case you can't see it yet. Amen? So God, we, as we start this Advent journey, 
uh, as we build on the resolutions that we made last week to be people who believe and do for your glory and hope in your continuous action of coming into this world that will culminate in your final coming. We pray that these words of yours that will stand no matter what we experience in this earth will be the foundation of our hope. That we will truly seek your courage and then draw upon it when you have given it to look and see you in this world. The helpers that you have put in place around the world to bring peace, to bring mercy, to bring love, the people who are seeking your justice through mercy and love. Those who are acting because they know that, Lord, your righteousness has become our righteousness. And so all of our worries, all of the things that have weighed us down, we will now sing again, asking you, God, to help us to see them in a new way that all of these years that we have thought were wasted, that we spent weighed down by concerns and worries, we now say we trust will become part of our redemption and part of your victory song. And that we will seek, with the help of our friends, through the strength of your Holy Spirit, to stand up and live with our heads raised, joining in your kingdom work as we look for it, as we wait actively, hopefully, for your coming again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.